Coffee Break French Magazine, Season 1, Episode 7. Bonjour à tous et bienvenue. Welcome to the Coffee Break French Magazine. Moi, c'est Marc. Et moi, c'est Pierre Benoît. Salut à tous. Nous sommes très contents d'être ici avec vous encore une fois. Ah oui, bah moi je suis, je suis vraiment très content parce que maintenant que j'ai un peu plus de temps libre, Marc, tu vois, eh ben je, peux, je, peux, je peux venir et travailler pour vous, avec vous. Plus enfin, facilement, quoi. Voilà, plus facilement. Donc <rire> c'est, c'est bien, c'est Tout cool. Tout à fait. Yeah. Pierre Benoît has now been working for us, with a, not for us, but with us, yeah. indeed, for uh, what, three weeks now? Three weeks. Three weeks, oui. And qui sont passés très très, très vite, vite en fait. <laughs> très vite en fait. Of course, he's been working with us on the, the Coffee Break French podcast for many many years, but we're delighted to actually have him during the day in the the office and in the studio with us. And it's a pleasure to have him. Although, oh, j'espère. Although, <laughs> there's a lot of chat that goes on in the office now that you can, I'm quite sure, imagine. <laughs> Ce n'est pas vrai. <laughs> ben on va, on va demander aux autres, okay? D'accord. <laughs> Alors, on est de retour avec encore un épisode. De, de Coffee Break French. Cette fois-ci, nous parlons euh, d'une langue. Oui, oui, nous parlons de, du breton. Du breton, D'accord. une langue française, oui. c'est-à-dire euh, une langue parlée en France, oui, oui. mais qui n'a rien à voir avec le français, en fait. Rien du tout, rien à voir. Elle, elle n'est parlée qu'en Bretagne. Oui. Okay. Et, et donc, euh, et donc les, les, les bretons euh, la parlent euh, et on va pouvoir, en fait, euh, regarder ça ensemble et, et voir à travers les, les âges euh, euh, comment est-ce que le breton a, a évolué ou, ou progressé ou, en fait, est-ce qu'il, est-ce qu'il se meurt un petit peu I don't know. Alors, on va savoir, on va trouver toutes ces réponses dans cet épisode du podcast. Très bien, c'est parti. Okay, so as usual, we are going to begin by hearing the text and Susie is going to read the text for us. And then we'll have a chat about the language contained in the text. Alors, c'est parti. À toi, Suzy. Avez-vous déjà visité la Bretagne C'est une région connue pour ses spécialités culinaires et son paysage magnifique. Mais savez-vous qu'elle a aussi sa propre langue Le breton est une langue celtique, tout comme le gallois, l'irlandais et le gaélique écossais. Jusqu'aux années 1980, il y avait encore des britophones monolingues en Bretagne, c'est-à-dire des gens qui ne parlaient que le breton. Aujourd'hui, ce n'est plus le cas. En fait, selon l'UNESCO, la langue bretonne est actuellement classée comme étant sérieusement en danger. Retraçons ensemble l'histoire du breton. Comme tant d'autres langues régionales, il était considéré comme une langue inférieure. Aussi incroyable que cela puisse paraître de nos jours, les élèves qui parlaient le breton à l'école au 19e et 20e siècle étaient punis, car il était interdit de le parler. Malgré son déclin durant le XXe siècle, la langue a connu récemment une période de revitalisation. Depuis les années 1990, le breton a maintenant une présence plus importante dans les établissements scolaires en Bretagne. Grâce à des subventions, plus d'écoles offrent des cours en breton et davantage de livres en breton sont publiés. La situation du breton suscite encore des débats en ce qui concerne la conservation de la langue, la prononciation, le vocabulaire et l'écriture. Certains voudraient que le breton soit une langue populaire qui utilise des mots empruntés, alors que d'autres préféreraient que la langue reste purifiée. 
Une chose est sûre, la prochaine fois que vous serez en Bretagne, faites donc plaisir à nos cousins celtes en apprenant auparavant quelques mots en breton, tout en profitant, bien évidemment, de votre séjour dans une des plus belles régions de France. Et voilà Alors, tu connais déjà la Bretagne, toi bah, oui, on va dire que je connais la Bretagne parce que je, je suis allé plusieurs fois rendre visite à, à, à des amis, à de la famille, mm -hmm. d'accord parce que, parce que ma sœur habite en Bretagne, dans le nord, je dirais même, dans le, on va dire le nord de la Bretagne, le cœur de la Bretagne, ah oui. dans, dans les environs de Lannion, d'accord okay. Et quand j'étais beaucoup plus jeune, j'en je, 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 ai quelques souvenirs, j'habitais aussi dans un petit, une petite ville qui s'appelle Binic. Binic. Ouais, c'est une petite ville euh, sur la côte, quoi. Oui. Et c'est à côté de Saint-Brieuc. Okay. Et c'est vraiment, c'est typiquement breton. breton hein, les petites oui. maisons euh, basses avec le, les pierres, ben, le, le granit ouais. euh, autour des portes, euh, c'est super, quoi. Et les crêpes et les galettes Ah bah ça, bien sûr, après, il y, y a les fameuses <rire> et crêpes, le les galettes, <rire> le cidre, les, les, petites, les, les, les petits biscuits, donc ça oui. s'appelle les galettes, comme tu disais, toutes ces choses-là sont, sont, sont des, des choses typiquement bretonnes. Bretonne, bretonne. Et puis, euh, mais bon, c'est vrai que c'est un petit peu difficile parce que, comme, comme nos auditeurs le euh, le savent, je, je viens de Pornic et euh, beaucoup de gens euh, estiment que Pornic est en Bretagne. Et historiquement parlant, Pornic faisait partie de la Bretagne. Nantes, hein, euh, euh, la, la ville importante de, de ma région, euh, faisait partie de la Bretagne. D'ailleurs, on y a encore, le, on y voit très bien, on peut visiter le château, le château des d'Anne de, 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 de Bretagne, oui. euh, le château des ducs de Bretagne. Et, et malheureusement, il y a quelques années, euh, la, la frontière géographique de la Bretagne a été euh, décalée, remontée, modifiée. Et donc maintenant, euh, on, Pornic ne ferait plus partie de la Bretagne. Ok. There was a lot in there, but you're getting a double text here. You've got a text and then you've got Pierre Benoit's monologue yeah, there about, yeah. about Brittany. So a few things first. First of all, we're talking about the language, le breton, le yeah. breton. So the adjective... Uh, for for Breton, I guess in English we would say Breton. So Breton is the adjective. Therefore, the feminine version would be Breton with a double n. Yep, and an e in the end, of course. Yep, of course. And the region Brittany in French is La Bretagne, oui. not to be confused with La Grande Bretagne. No, but does it mean that Bretagne gave its name to La Grande Bretagne? I am not entirely sure about that. Let us, however, get back to our text. And also, just to recap a little on what you said, you said that you that you used to live when you were a child in Binic, yeah. which is near Saint-Brieuc, yeah. another beautiful little town in, in uh, Brittany, in the yeah. north of Brittany. In the Brittany. north of Brittany, the yeah. core of what I call the core of Brittany. I really like it. Although it's the north, I know, but yeah. it's, it's really le, 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 le cœur de la heart yeah. de, la, yeah, de, de la Bretagne. Okay, let us return now to our text and we'll go through it sentence by sentence as usual and talk about the interesting language contained in each sentence. So take it away, Pierre Benoit. Avez-vous déjà visité la Bretagne? Have you ever visited Brittany? Or have you literally already visited Brittany? But when we say in, in English, have you ever done something? We use the word déjà in French. Yeah, which is different and it's mm -hmm. quite interesting there. C'est une région connue pour ses spécialités culinaires et son paysage magnifique. So it's a region connue, known, and watch the agreement there, because it's une région, and therefore connue has an extra e on the end, connue, pour ses spécialités culinaires, for its culinary specialities, et son paysage magnifique, and its magnificent countryside. Mais savez-vous 
qu'elle a aussi sa propre langue. But do you know, or did you know, with literally do you know, we're talking present tense here, do you know that it also has its own language? Now, propre is an interesting word because oh. it can mean two different things. It can mean clean yep. or it can mean own, it belongs to you. And there's a link here as to where it goes, isn't it? Because if we say um, la propre maison, it's the, the own house, ta propre maison, your own house. But that doesn't say whether or not it's clean. It might be a very dirty house. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> But if we're talking about ta maison propre, that also means your own house because yes. it can go before or after. Yes, this is, this is tricky. And to make it sure that you want to say your house is clean then, mm-hmm. Best way, okay, to avoid any confusion, uh, especially when you talk about cleanliness. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> it's to maybe use the verb to be. To be, Okay, yeah. so, and then uh, use it like la maison est propre. Yeah. I think so, it's a safer way. Could I say, for example, ma maison propre oui. est propre. Très bien. My own house oui. is clean. Uh-huh. It Mais sounds la better. tienne. <laughs> it sounds better to say ma propre maison est propre. Okay, okay? right. But I've heard both, uh, both uh, um, constructions. Yeah. Okay, d'accord. So here we're not talking about a clean language. No. We're just talking about its own language. So did you know that Brittany has its own language? Le breton est une langue celtique, tout comme le gallois, l'irlandais et le gaélique écossais. So, some names of languages in here. Um, we're talking about le breton. So, uh, Britain is a Celtic language or a Celtic language, yeah. better. Just like, tout comme le gallois, Welsh, not gaulois, no, which is <laughs> uh, Gallic, I guess, um, from, from Gaul, yeah. old French. L'irlandais, Irish, et le Gaelic écossais, and Scots Gaelic or Scottish Gaelic. So that's your difference between Gaelic and, and Gaelic? Yep, exactly. Um, Susie may be able to, to give us a little more on this because she's the expert, but I, as far as I understand, Gaelic is Scottish Gaelic yeah. and Gaelic um, is Irish Gaelic, a squelga um, in, in Irish. So there we go. So let's continue with the text. Jusqu'aux années 1980, il y avait encore des britophones monolingues en Bretagne. So, until the 1980s, les années 80, les années 1980, il y avait encore des britophones monolingues. So, there still were monolingual Breton speakers, britophones, in Brittany. C'est-à-dire des gens qui ne parlaient que le breton. So, here's a lovely ne que. Oh, lovely. So, that, that is to say, c'est-à-dire des gens, people, qui ne parlait que le breton, who only spoke Breton. A lovely imperfect as well. Mm-hmm. Mm. Aujourd'hui, ce n'est plus le cas. Today is no longer the case, and there's a ne plus here. Très bien. En fait, selon l'UNESCO, la langue bretonne est actuellement classée comme étant sérieusement en danger. So in fact, en fait, according to UNESCO, selon l'UNESCO, Notice when we're talking about organizations, very often we use the definite article. So, mm. according to the UNESCO, but in English we wouldn't include that definite article. According to UNESCO, the Breton language is actuellement, is currently classé comme étant, classed as being, sérieusement en danger, seriously in danger. So, it's an endangered language. Mm. 
actuellement. Now, actuellement, we need to watch because it doesn't mean actually. It no. means currently. Currently. So the nowadays, moment, these days. just now, yeah. Yep. Okay, let's continue on. We're going to go into the history of Breton now. Ouh. Retraçons ensemble l'histoire du Breton. So let's retrace together the history of Breton. Comme tant d'autres langues régionales, il était considéré comme une langue inférieure. So just as so many other regional languages, tant d'autres langues régionales, il était considéré, it was considered, and notice here we're talking about le, bre, le, le breton, not la langue bretonne. Mm -hmm. So il était considéré, it was considered, masculine form, comme une langue inférieure, as an inferior language. C'est triste. Oui, c'est triste. Aussi incroyable que cela puisse paraître de nos jours. So, as incredible as that may seem nowadays. We'll come back to this. Let's finish the meaning of the sentence. Les élèves qui parlaient le breton à l'école au 19e et 20e siècle. So, the, the pupils who used to speak breton at school in the 19th and 20th century. Étaient punis car... Il était interdit de le parler. So they were punished because it was forbidden to speak it. Okay, there's a lot going on in this sentence. Indeed. Let's go back to that part where we've got that nice subjunctive. What was mm, that again? Lovely. Aussi incroyable que cela puisse paraître. Oh, lovely, lovely. So as incredible as that can Seem. However, can is a little too basic a translation of this. We need to use a, a may oh, or might. something like that might. Mm -hmm. So as incredible as that may seem or as that might seem there. And the reason is it's the subjunctive is because it's this incroyable que. Because ultimately you're passing judgment. If we just said, it is incredible that this is the case. Il est incroyable que cela soit le cas. Right. We're using a subjunctive based on the passing judgment. Il est incroyable. Il est surprenant. Il est étonnant. Right. Que all of these would be voilà. followed by a subjunctive. Mm -hmm. Here we've got aussi incroyable que cela puisse paraître. So as incredible as it may seem. Now, if you're a little bit worried about this, don't don't worry. It's not a, a, something that you need to fully understand. It's the kind of thing that you can just learn as a set phrase. Aussi incroyable que cela puisse paraître de nos jours. Très bien. And if you were to use that in, in, a, in a spoken, uh, in a conversation, it, it might be perceived as a wee bit posh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Hence why we have it in a, in a written form. Exactly. Okay. But it's exactly. a lovely, it's a lovely phrase there, lovely. a lovely construction. Yeah. Aussi incroyable que le cela puisse paraître de nos jours, as incredible as that may seem these days. And then we're going on, the, the pupils who used to speak Breton in school in the 19th and 20th centuries were punished, puni, and the agreement there, P-U-N-I-S. Yeah, because of the, of the verb, to, the auxiliary to, to be. Mm -hmm. Car il était interdit de le parler. What are we referring to, the le there? That's le Breton. Exactly. And not to be confused with the first il, the il that, that precedes it, which is basically an impersonal form. Exactly. Because il est interdit, it's forbidden to do. Yeah. It's not referring to le Breton there. Indeed. So Indeed. It's, it's quite interesting that we structure the ending there. Had we been talking about qui parlait la langue bretonne à l'école, then we would have had to say here, il était interdit de... Uh, 
La Barley. Barley. Voilà. Just wanted to give our, our listeners Absolutely. a bit of time to Absolutely. think about it. Okay, let's continue with the text. Malgré son déclin durant le XXe siècle, la langue a connu récemment une période de revitalisation. So despite its decline during the 20th century, the language has known recently, has recently experienced a period of revitalization. Depuis les années 1990, le breton a maintenant une présence plus importante dans les établissements scolaires en Bretagne. So since the 90s, les années 90, le breton a maintenant une présence plus importante. It has now got a more significant, more important presence in the school establishments in Brittany. In French, we use établissement much more regularly than yeah. we use establishments in, in English. Yes, uh, établissement uh, would be really for, I'm trying to think here, it's really for schools. Yeah. Un établissement primaire, un établissement secondaire. Uh, oui, 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 oui. So, universitaire, un établissement universitaire. I would, I would tend to go along with that, yeah. However, I think if we're translating this dans les établissements scolaires en Bretagne, it's absolutely reasonable just to say in schools in Brittany. Yeah. Because we don't need to really think about scholarly establishments or anything like that. <laughs> we, we could, we go, could, Mark. We could, we could. yes. <laughs> Aussi incroyable que cela puisse paraître. <laughs> exactement, Mark, exactement. <laughs> okay, so let's continue. Grâce à des subventions... Plus d'écoles offrent des cours en breton et davantage de livres en breton sont publiés. I love this sentence because there are two different elements in this which both refer to more. Let's talk about these two words. Il y a de davantage yep. hein, and plus. Exactly. So, davantage means more. Davantage de more uh, books, for example, in this case. Davantage de livres. Oui, davantage de pommes, davantage de soupe. Okay, so more soup. So, yeah. would I, I kind of thought that davantage was perhaps maybe more of a high register. You are right. It's a higher register than, 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 than it's we brother, I would uh -huh. say. Plus. <laughs> yep. Okay, so maybe people would say in posh, they say, je voudrais davantage de soupe. Mm -hmm. I think it's easier. You, you're more likely to hear, je voudrais plus de soupe. Uh -huh. Okay. Or, est-ce qu'il y a plus de soupe? Est-ce qu'il y a yeah. davantage de soupe? I like the word davantage. Yep, so, okay. okay. Not because I'm posh, obviously. You know, Mark. No, 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 I wouldn't dare. Uh, we know the truth. Um, so, okay, let's come back to this. And the situation. So, um, we are having dinner at your house and Yvette comes oh. with Bonjour the... Yvette. Bonjour Yvette. And she comes with the soup. Uh -huh. And she says to me, would you like some more soup, Mark? Okay, alors, Mark, est-ce que vous, vous, vous voudriez un peu plus de soup ou est-ce que vous voudriez davantage de soup? Okay, so I, first of all, Yvette vous voise me and I vous voir her. Did I use two of you? No, you use vous. <laughs> Sorry, then. <laughs> totally natural, yes, uh -huh, because we, we're polite and we're, we're respectful. Okay, so would you like more soup? And if I want more, I would say oui J'en voudrais davantage. Oui, j'en voudrais davantage, j'en voudrais ah. bien davantage, j'en voudrais plus. plus. Okay, both are really interchangeable, so don't be scared of using either. But the crucial thing, if you're using plus, is that you pronounce that S. Oh, you've got to. Oh, yes. Because if you don't pronounce the S, it means something different. It means the opposite. <laughs> exactly. Okay. And, and this is the tricky thing, because if I want to say, I don't want any more soup... Then we've got a ne plus. There. Exactly, we've got the N. So, je n'en, okay, N apostrophe here. Je n'en merci, je, je n'en veux plus. Je n'en veux plus. But what happens in spoken French with these nes? Yeah, well, the ne, the ne, the ne disappears, or the N apostrophe just usually tends to be forgotten, omitted, and is j'en veux plus. 
So, j'en veux plus versus j'en veux plus. Exactly. And they mean two completely opposite things. Exactly. But because you say the S, then it's positive. You yep. want some more. And if you don't say the S, you don't want any more. Okay. It's a great, great, great wee, great wee, but you need to watch because you can easily kind of uh, uh, use one instead of the other. Yep. And you might get more soup if you don't want it, or you might not get any <laughs> And if more you don't soup. like it, it's even worse. Yeah. <laughs> I have to say, in the situation that I, I was in, if, if, if you've had were there, I would not drop my no. I would make sure I would be pronouncing my no. Yes. <laughs> and, and, but anyway, the, the food was excellent. So you never, you never, you were never served something you didn't like exactly. anyway. Tout à fait. Mm, Tout à fait. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So let us come back to our text. We've gone off a little in no. this episode, but not to worry. Au revoir, Yvette. Au revoir. <laughs> Mais, no, 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 Marc, we need to, we need to stay with this, uh, this sentence here. Mais il y en a plus. Mais oui, Marc, il y en a davantage. <laughs> okay, so what else have you got? D'expression intéressante. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I love that phrase, grâce à. Okay. And I, it's, it's because I've been, I've been now in, in living in Scotland, as our listeners know, for so long, and I've come across the idea of because of... Yep. So grâce à, usually it's thanks, thanks to, to yeah. okay. And in French, anything that would be positive would be you would be using grâce à. Right. Grâce so, à mon père, yep. uh, j'ai pu uh, acheter uh, cette voiture. So thanks to my father. But I, I think you're right. Actually, now that I've never thought about this, but in English, we could see because of my father, I was able to buy that car. And that oh, uh, that still sh that doesn't shock me. I'm aware of it. Uh -huh. But I tend to use in English uh, thanks to thanks rather to. than because of because of the French. So remember, our listeners must remember we use grâce à when it's something positive mm -hmm. and. It's a tricky one than the other one, but you know that already, I'm sure. À cause de. À cause de. For, for, for a negative yeah. um, statement. So give us an example of à cause de. À cause de toi, euh, j'ai raté mon train. Right, because of you, not thanks to you. No. But interestingly. But that's it. In English, because say thanks to you, I've, I've missed my train. Whoa, <laughs> I love it. But that's sarcastic. Or that's kind of yeah, a, I am I right? Yeah, you're right. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. So this, but let's make this a rule, okay, in French. Use grâce à for positive mm -hmm. positive statements and um, I cause do for negative statements unlike the, the English uh, because of good okay doc let us now get back to our text la situation de Breton ah oui la situation du Breton suscite encore des débats en ce qui concerne la conservation de la langue la prononciation le vocabulaire et l'écriture. OK, so a lot in there, but it's fairly straightforward because we can translate it almost literally into English. The situation of Breton um, still creates debates or polemical discussions as far as something is concerned. En ce qui concerne la conservation de la langue, so the conservation of the language, la prononciation, the pronunciation, le vocabulaire, vocabulary, et l'écriture, and the writing. So, as far as all of those are concerned. Oh, before we move on, Mark, I love this word, uh, suscite. It's an ER verb, mm -hmm. okay? And it means in English, obviously... Well, to trigger, to provoke, to arouse yeah, emotions that's, that's and things it. like that. But it's, it's nice to use it with words like débat. Mm -hmm. Donc, susciter un débat or des débats. So to provoke debates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To uh, susciter uh, une polémique ou des polémiques. I think une polémique sounds better to me. Uh, susciter des émois. Yeah. When, 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 it, when it basically it makes people, it makes people feel a wee bit um, like some kind of anguish, mm -hmm. okay, or, or emotions. Emotions, yeah. Uh, there's actually a phrase that has come to mind, stir up. To stir oh, up. Nice. And I think that's, that's, that's nice. a good translation yeah. of susciter. Yeah, susciter. Um, good. Okay, lovely, okay. lovely, lovely infinitive. 
Right, so let's look at this next sentence because this is another of our key sentences in this uh, text. Just because it's got a nice wee subjunctive, am I right? Uh, maybe, yeah. <laughs> let's go for it. Certains voudraient que le breton soit une langue populaire qui utilise des mots empruntés. Okay, so certain people, some people, would like, literally, that breton be a popular language which uses borrowed words, okay? We'll come back to the subjunctive bit in a moment. So some people would like Breton to be a popular language using borrowed words. I suppose borrowed words from other languages? From other languages, probably to, from to, French, to, maybe English. To colour to color the, the Breton language, yeah. make it more accessible, more popular in that way that younger people maybe will want to, to speak it, I suppose? Exactly. Oh, okay, okay, okay. While okay. others... Alors que d'autres préféreraient que la langue reste purifiée. While others would prefer the conditional that the long the, the long the, the language <laughs> remains pure or purified so that there are not these borrowed words in the language. Yeah. Okay, let's look at the subjunctive here. Certains voudraient que la que le breton soit une langue. So some people would like that breton be or is, but it's that subjunctive following vouloir que. Ouais. And, okay, and here we've got an irregular subjunctive of the verb être to be to be exactly but then the next one préférer préférer que also will Tri- need a subjunctive triggers a subjunctive but people may our listeners may not have noticed the second one because it just sounds and looks like just an ER verb at the present tense yep. so the it's indicative still the, there it's still here the presence of subjunctive so alors que d'autres préféreraient que la langue reste purifiée now, one little thing for anyone studying perhaps Spanish or Italian, you might be looking at this conditional and you might be thinking we're looking for an imperfect subjunctive to match up with that conditional. If you don't study Italian or or Spanish, then just forget what I'm saying here. But if you do, then just know that in French, you can get away with the present subjunctive. Unless you find a, a time-traveling machine and you go back to the, <laughs> ah, the 17th century, 18th like century, that, yeah. yes. And then you'll have to maybe, well, maybe we'll have to do a, an episode when we mention the imperfect subjunctive. Sometime in the in the distant future, I think. <laughs> so we'll go to the future to talk about the imperfect subjunctive in the past. Encore eut-il fallu que tu le fisses. Oh la 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 la. <laughs> okay, let's do our last uh, paragraph quickly. Une chose est sûre. La prochaine fois que vous serez en Bretagne, faites donc plaisir à nos cousins celtes. So, one thing is certain. The next time that you will be in Brittany, obviously in English we just say the next time you're in Brittany, but in French because we're referring to a future there, it's like saying quand vous serez en Bretagne, the next time that you are or will be in Brittany, faites donc plaisir. It's a nice imperative here. It is. Do pleasure, make pleasure, make them happy. So make our Celtic cousins happy by doing what? En apprenant auparavant, I love that word, quelques mots en breton. So by learning previously, before you go, beforehand, beforehand, yep, some uh, uh, words in breton. Tout en profitant bien évidemment de votre séjour dans une des plus belles régions de France. And at the same time, of course, enjoying your stay in one of the most beautiful regions of France. Et voilà. Et voilà. Et voilà, voilà. Okay, we're going to take a break there and we will be back very soon for our question of this episode. Super.
If you'd like to take your French that bit further, then you may consider signing up for one of our premium courses on the Coffee Break Academy. There's something for everyone, from absolute beginners up to advanced learners, and the premium materials include lesson notes, transcripts, video lessons, exercises, and vocabulary guides, depending on which course you opt for. Head over to coffeebreakacademy.com to find out more. Okay, welcome back. This is the section of the show where the Coffee Break French listener becomes the star of the show. And this week's star is Thomas from Pennsylvania. Let us have a listen to Thomas's question. Bonjour, uh, Marc, uh, Pierre Benoit, and uh, toute l'équipe uh, de Coffee Break French. Um, so my name is Thomas. I am from Pennsylvania. And I've got a question about a pretty simple word. So the word is merci. And everyone knows uh, merci. But what I want to know is what word follows merci? And does it depend on the situation? So, for example, if I want to say uh, thank you for your invitation, would I say merci de votre invitation? Or would I say merci pour votre invitation? Um, or similarly, if I'm going to say thank you for inviting me, would that be merci de m'inviter? Merci pour m'inviter. And a sub-question, I guess, with that second uh, construction, um, should I add uh, avoir? Uh, so should I say merci de m'avoir invité ou merci pour uh, m'avoir invité? So yeah, so all these uh, different uh, layers, I guess, surrounding uh, merci. Uh, but yeah, this is something that I... I'm sure I've messed up a bunch of times. So anyway, yeah, when, when you guys uh, have the opportunity, if you could get back to my question, I would really appreciate it. And I wanted to say, yeah, big thank you to uh, to the whole Coffee Break French uh, team because uh, your podcasts are incredibly helpful and they've really, really helped me out with my French so far. And I look forward to future episodes. So thank you very much. Alors, Thomas, merci pour votre question et merci de votre gentillesse. I'm going to go on and explain this. First of all, before I say anything, I want to direct you to an episode of our Walk, Talk and Learn show. And that's over on our YouTube channel and you'll be able to see an episode all about Merci De or Merci Pour. And it's based around a notice that we've seen at the Roland Garros tennis tournament. So have a look at that. That will help to explain this whole concept further. But this is a great question because it's one of these questions that there actually is an answer to. What I mean is that when you're talking about a, a physical thing, then you would say merci pour. So you could say merci pour le cadeau. Merci pour votre question. But when you're talking about a, a less physical thing, a more abstract thing like kindness, you could say merci de votre gentillesse and so on. However... It's worth saying that many French speakers will mix these up and just use them interchangeably. But theoretically, if you're looking for the correct use, then we would go with merci pour, with a tangible thing, and merci de, with an intangible thing. Now, when it comes to using verbs, this is easy because it's always merci de. Merci de faire quelque chose or merci d'avoir fait quelque chose. And there is a difference. 
So merci de faire quelque chose. It's when you're actually suggesting that that person does the thing that you're asking them to do. Uh, merci de bien vouloir laisser la porte ouverte. Thank you for leaving the door open, i.e. open the door or leave it open. But merci d'avoir laissé la porte ouverte. Thank you for having left it open. So now you're thanking someone for having left the door open. So merci de with verbs. If you're sticking with an infinitive, it's thanking someone in advance for doing something. In other words, telling them to do it. And if you're using a, a past infinitive, merci d'avoir fait quelque chose, you're thanking them for having done it. And when it comes to thanking them for things, then we use merci pour with an, a tangible noun and merci de with an intangible noun. So I hope that answers your question, Thomas. Thank you for sending in the question. And of course, to all our listeners, if you would like to ask us a question, then you can very easily get in touch with us. Either head to coffeebreakquestions.com or you can call us and leave a voicemail. I'll give you the numbers now. In the UK, dial 0141 416 6880. In the US, it's 347 474 6880. And in Australia, it's 08 7200 6880. And we look forward to your calls. Okay, we're back with the final section of uh, this episode and uh, we are back once more with Suzy. Salut Suzy Salut Marc Comment vas-tu Très bien, merci. Et toi Très bien. Alors, qu'est-ce que tu as pour nous aujourd'hui euh, Nous avons des expressions idiomatiques aujourd'hui. Ah, très bien. Et ça a quelque chose à voir avec le breton ou la Bretagne <rire> Avec la Bretagne. D'accord, ok. Explique-nous, <rire> peut-être en anglais. Um, so, in Brittany, one of the products that it's famous for is butter or salted mm -hmm. butter. Okay. So we've got a couple of expressions to do with butter today. Okay, some buttery, buttery expressions. Okay, Indeed. let's hear your first one. So the first one is compter pour du beurre. So to count for some butter. Exactly, ça compte pour du beurre. And so what does that mean? That means it's worthless. It's, oh, it counts it for counts nothing. It counts for nothing, okay. Mm -hmm. uh, give us an example of that then in a sentence. J'ai l'impression que mon opinion compte pour du beurre. Ah, mais ce n'est pas vrai, Suzy, <laughs> quand même. <laughs> so, you get the impression that your opinion counts for nothing. Your, your opinion is worthless. Obviously, an example there. <laughs> exactly. Well, we, we hope so. <laughs> okay, and you said you had another one too. Yes, the second one is vouloir le beurre et l'argent du beurre. Ah, I love this one. I love this expression. So, it means literally to want the butter and also the money that you would get if you were to sell the butter. Exactly. That kind of idea. In, in English, we would say to have your cake and eat it, mm -hmm. in that kind of idea. So in this situation, we're talking about not being able to have both things. You can have one or the other, but not both. That's it, yeah. Donc, par exemple, nous, on habite uh, en Écosse. <laughs> L'Écosse est, est un pays très, très vert, avec beaucoup d'arbres et beaucoup de, de collines. Et, et C'est vraiment magnifique. Mm -hmm. Mais aussi, on a beaucoup de pluie. <laughs> C'est vrai. <laughs> on ne peut pas avoir le beurre et l'argent du beurre. Malheureusement, non. <laughs> voilà. Bon, merci beaucoup, Suzy. De rien. Et à la prochaine. À la prochaine. Alors, c'est tout pour cet épisode. Déjà 
déjà, bah, il ne faut pas être trop gourmand quand même. Ben oui, mais va, tu veux dire que... On ne peut pas avoir le beurre et la chanteuse. <rire> D'accord. Donc, euh, bah, vous, les, les auditeurs, vous devrez vous contenter d'un épisode euh, plus court. D'une bonne quarantaine voilà. de minutes, en fait. Ah, quand même. <rire> en fait, 35. <rire> quand même. We will be back, of course, with another episode next time where we're going to be talking about something a little different. Our focus next time will be on... Uh... The Festival de Cannes, I think. Oh, yeah. ça c'est bien ça. Okay. But for now, thank you for listening. You can, of course, get the transcripts of this episode along with the exercises and vocabulary all at coffeebreakacademy.com where you'll find the Coffee Break French magazine course. And remember, you can still practice your French with the Coffee Break team. We post regular language and cultural challenges on Facebook. Just search for Coffee Break French. Uh, we're uh, Learn French on Twitter, uh, where we post regular updates and mini language lessons. And to take a peek behind the scenes of all things Coffee Break, follow Coffee Break Languages on Instagram. Merci beaucoup. It's also worth mentioning our Coffee Break Catch-Up, our live video show on Thursdays. That's at 3.30pm in the UK, 10.30 Eastern and 7.30 Pacific. So join us live for the Coffee Break Catch-Up. But for now, merci beaucoup et à très bientôt. À la prochaine. Ciao. You have been listening to a production of the Coffee Break Academy for the Radiolingua Network. Copyright 2019, Radiolingua Limited. Recording copyright 2019, Radiolingua Limited. All rights reserved.